This is an ABC podcast. It's time to get out and about in the garden with Rowanna and Sabrina here on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Hello, hello. Five past nine. And yes, it really is Rowanna and Sabrina today. She's back. If you're in our regional footprint, you wouldn't have heard Sab for the last half hour. She's having a bit of a chat to us here on ABC Perth with Chris Parry. Sab, welcome back to Roots and Shoots. Ah, hello. I've missed you. Oh, we've missed you. Mm, well, it's so nice to be home, even that I've, I, I didn't actually get in till half past one, but, uh, and not, of course, with any luggage. But, um, but Stop you know, it. <laughs> then, uh, I think it's coming today. Okay. Um, you did have some issues on the way uh, home. I have not had so much. To, I, I reckon I've run from Terminal 1 to 4 at Heathrow Airport, just about every airport, really. Um, anyway, sometimes it does take a long time to get back, doesn't it? International connections aren't for the faint-hearted, are they? No, especially if you only have an hour and then your flight's two hours delayed. You know you're in a lot of trouble <laughs> before you land. It's, it's, but anyway, had the most wonderful trip. Um, had no idea Madeira was so steep. Like, mm. it's, they're all volcanic. I can see your calves of... Ah, I did a lot of walking. Mm. But by the jolly jingos, the Azorians and Madeirians like to feed you up. Oh. So there wasn't a... I don't think I had a single meal that wasn't three courses. <laughs> and it's rude not to. Ooh. Uh, imbibe in all the food, which is delicious, uh, and a lot of seafood, of course. Um, and in the Azores. Sardines. Sa- well, do you know they didn't have any, they only had tin sardines. What? I know. That's pretty weird, isn't it? it well, is. that's a big export for them, tin sardines. Yeah. There's tins of sardines that were 20, no, 32 euro. <laughs> 32 euro <laughs> for a tin of sardines. I don't know what was in them. I didn't I didn't purchase. They'd want to be pretty exceptional sardines, wow. I'd say. But the food's fresh and delicious. Yeah. And the Azorians do not like being called Portuguese. Oh. Well, they're a long way it's off. Got some Portugal, cultural really. lessons while you were there as yeah. well. Yes, yes, indeed. And but the gardens? Stunning. The gardens were the landscape mm. is astonishing because mm. they're all volcanic islands. Yeah, okay. And they're all totally different from one another. Brilliant. And we saw a garden, um, one of the palace gardens in Tessera, and it is an entire ravine that's got a 90 – it's just – it's steep – and they've mm. planted out an entire ravine. Wow. Takes you about an hour and a half, two hours to get down to the bottom. And then it takes you about five hours to walk back up the top because there's a lot of puffing and panting. You've got to earn that three-course meal. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell you what, if you like hydrangeas yep. and agapanthus, yep. rhododendrons and azaleas, hydrangeas grow wild yeah, right. along the roadsides. And you know how many years I've tried to struggle to get four hydrangeas. They're enormous. Oh, that's brilliant. I took a thousand photos of hydrangeas. Um, Three things? Yep. Any injuries sustained? None at all. I lost my hat off the edge of a cliff and didn't want to hang over it to gather it. Well done. Yep. That's making smart choices, Sabrina. I'm proud of you. Did lots of walks, didn't trip over, didn't break anything. Uh, No injuries at all. Okay. Super, big tick. Any swimming? Uh, no, because you most of the time you either had to go to a very stony, black, mm, basalt, mm. rocky beach. Mm-hmm. Didn't appeal. No hotel pool laps or anything? Well, we the one place we stayed at where there was a ho- ho- t- uh, pool in the hotel and beautiful weather, mm-hmm. uh, it was closed for maintenance. Awesome. So, that's always yeah. that's always wonderful. But when did you it, a lot of walking, no yep. swimming, a lot okay. of walking. And finally, mm. uh, this is by popular demand by our mm. listeners, mm. custard tarts. Ah! Oh, God! <laughs> I can a rating you, and how many consumed? Okay. I had to have at least one custard tart a day, which okay. I managed to do. Well Usually, Because in the breakfast things, there are always custard tarts. 
always. Had probably about 10 custard tarts at different bakeries as well. Uh, so uh, the custard tarts that you you get in the hotels are, are small little ones and then when you go to the bakeries you get sort of double the amount. Uh, so I've come back with a few different recipes for Portuguese custard tarts. So I'm going to have a crack at making them myself. They are underrated, I say, because they are astonishingly good for you to eat. Oh, very good. Thank you for the update on all of those things. Now we're going to put you back to work. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Gardening with Rowanna and Sabrina on ABC Radio Perth and WA. Graham is in Gwellop and he can get us underway this morning. Hello, Graham. Hello, uh, good to welcome back, Sabrina, and thank good you. to hear you. Oh, thank Sounds you, Graham. Great trip. Yes. Yeah. Look, I've got a worm farm for quite a while. I mainly uh, feed it uh, lettuce leaves, but I wonder what are the best tips, tips to get the best results out of your worm farm? Okay, great question, Graham. So the smaller the particles of food you put in, the better. Mm-hmm. So um, any of your leftover veggies, raw is is better than cooked. Um, but you can also put your cooked food in. But raw veggies, if you can throw it in a food processor, don't blend it, but just sort of chop it up quite fine. Give them a varied diet so you can have greens, you can have other different types of veggies. You can put in some – make sure it doesn't get too wet, so um, otherwise you'll get all sorts of other things growing in it. Mm -hmm. Um. Keep them moist and uh, at an even temperature throughout the year, but a varied diet, really, and they'll fairly go gangbusters. Great. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you, Graham. Okay. Good. good on you, Graham. We'll head straight to Sarah, who's in Parkerville. Hello. Hi. Good morning. Morning. Um, I'm also Portuguese, so I'm very proud that you tried my Portuguese tart. Uh, <laughs> it's such a beautiful – the Portuguese people, Azorians, Madeirians, are so friendly, so welcoming, wonderful right. culture, beautiful place. Yeah. I'm going back, Sarah. I'm going back. Yeah, I'll come with you and okay. I'll teach you how to speak Portuguese. Oh, fabulous. Because uh, it wasn't going too well, my Portuguese, I have to say. Oh, well, it's a good thing. You made it back. That's yes. it. Yeah. So what can we Quick do for quiet. you? Yeah, um, sometimes watching TV shows, you see people with beautiful gardens and mm-hmm. they actually say they manage to bring from overseas these beautiful exotic plants mm-hmm. and uh, they're suitable for the Australian, you know, uh, habitat and all that. Yeah, yep. that's right. And uh, how do they go around to do it? Okay, so if they are botanical collections, then you can get them through quarantine. All plants have to be treated before they come in. Um, everything has to be uh, has to go through either the all, all the environmental controls to come in. You would have to go on the um, government website. But to get one, say if you wanted 10 plants over, you're better off getting them from a wholesaler in Australia online and they bring them in because it's very costly to bring plants in because they have Mm. to go into quarantine usually for about three months. Oh, wow. And just a quick one, if you you don't mind. Um, Another little question is um, many months ago I went to the Friends of Kings Park and I bought... An enormous amount of plants. Yeah. And I live up in Parkerville. Yeah. After I planted them in, um, I came across a gentleman there uh, asked me if I have put in uh, gypsum because I live in Parkerville. Yeah. And my heart just collapsed. No, no. That's all right. They're still all alive. Yeah. No, Sarah, (laughs) don't worry about that. So if you bought coastal plants that like really free draining sandy soil, that people put gypsum in to break the clay down. Okay. But many of the many of the plants at Kings Park are, are grown for various ranges around Western Australia. So, I if your plants is still doing well, I wouldn't yep. worry about it, Sarah. I would just go out mm-hmm. every day, talk to them, say, "Bless you, you little sausages," <laughs> and um, and just enjoy them. So, don't worry about putting gypsum in now. 
Hey, Sabrina, a word for you. Obrigada. Ah, yes, I know. Obrigada. <laughs> Very well. <laughs> Take care. Thank okay. you. Thanks, Bye-bye. Sarah. Bye. Thank you, Sarah. Uh, text coming through. Nettles. Ah. Can't bloody kill them. Please uh, help, Sab. Eat them, I say, because nettle soup is actually quite divine. Does I don't, I'm not too sure what nettle they are. Uh, most herbicides nettles laugh at, you really have to slash or dig, pull them out. You can try spraying with a with herbicides, but only the agricultural ones will kill nettles. So I would keep slashing them with a whippersnipper. All right. Uh, let's head to a few more of your calls. We'll head up to Jero. Hello, James. Hello. Hello, James. What can we do for Hello. you this morning? Oh, uh, hopefully just a simple question. Yeah. <clears throat> I took a, I took a cutting from a friend's um, white fig mm-hmm. uh, in Fremantle, which I've been trying to do for some time mm-hmm. unsuccessfully. And hooray! Oh. I have one now growing. Yeah. It's doing really well. It's in a small pot, probably about six inches high by about six in. Um, Circumference or radius, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And it's about 20, 25 centimetres wide, doing really, really well. Yeah. Can I repot it now? Because what Absolutely. I want to do is I want, to, I want to raise it up into a half wine barrel. I don't yeah. want to plant it in the ground. Yep. No, that's no problem. Now. Great time to do it, James. Oh, Great. All right. Okay. Thank you. That's Simple your, as good that. That's your Cheers. Saturday morning job done. <laughs> good on you, James. I haven't even looked at my garden. No. It was a bit late last night or this morning, yeah. I should say, when yeah, I got there. Uh, had many light hours with your garden. <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed I've I left when it was still sort of summerish uh, and came back and now the garden's all like winter. All mm. the all the leaves have dropped. Well if your sprinklers were off this week, you'll have gone okay. Well the sprinklers were off when I left, so because mm. uh Jess rang and said, Look at Perth and it was just flood zone. <laughs> so I thought Good for the garden, not so good for people stuck and they can't move on the freeway. No, no, that's that's right. It has, as I understand it, got um, inland to where it needs oh, to get to as well. It? So the farmers oh, are pretty heavens. stoked, I think, too. Oh. So, And all is- my, my little group, all their kids were sending them pictures of the flooding in Perth. Mostly West Australians came on my tour row. The first time ever of a tour, there were more West Australians than the Eastern Staterers. Yeah. They were fun. Yes. Uh, Sam, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. No, I, quite oh. seriously. Do oh. you, across um, the Aboriginal Cultural Heritage legislation, commencing 1st of 1st July? 1st of July. Yeah, uh, no, but I... Yeah, I know about it. Yeah. I haven't read too much about it. All right. We've had a couple of texts and... Um, I don't want you to try and attempt to answer them without okay. having the depth of knowledge. So yes. we might, what we might do is see if um, we can get someone from the Department of Plans, Learning and Heritage perhaps to come on yep. uh, maybe next weekend yeah, yeah, and have a bit of a great. chat to them and understand that. Yep. I know listeners have got concerns about digging holes on blocks for over, um, I think it's 10 centimetres. Oh. Thousand mils. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember um, exactly what the measurement is or what the depth is that triggers the the three tiers of the cultural heritage legislation and the applications and processes that will apply. Um, with that, the inspections that will need to occur. So we'll get a bit more information yeah. on that before we sort yep. of just start talking about it. But I know yep. at a highest level um, that traditional owners, the the chair of the national National Native Title Council. Um, aren't happy proponents and industry and agriculture. No one seems to be happy. Okay. Um, And the introduction is um, set to be the 1st of July. So we will park that and have more of a conversation about it. Yep. I'll do a bit of research on that. Excellent. Thank you. Let's go to uh, Rob, who's in Hamilton Hill. Hello, Rob. Hello. Hello, Rob. How are you doing? Hello, Sabrina. I'm fine. Thank you. What can we do Uh, for you? Uh, just a couple of quick questions, hopefully. Uh, is it a good time to plant a wisteria? Number one question. Number two question, is it a good time to prune my vine, even though there's some leaves left on it? Okay, great time to prune your vine, Rob. And any time from, you know, end of June right through to end of August, so you can hook into that. You can certainly yep. plant wisterias at this time of the year. Getting hold of them from a nursery may be tricky because the nurseries don't like selling just a bare stick 
in a pot because at this time of the year your wisteria is just a bare stick. Yeah, there is a local nursery that does have a wisteria. Great, buy it and put it in. One, quick, one more quick question. I want it, I want it to grow about eight metres, so does it need a really big pot, like half a barrel, or can it be smaller than that? No, I'd go half a barrel. Definitely. Yeah. Thank you. Good on you, Rob. Thanks very much for giving us a call. Uh, what else have we got on the text line here for you, Sab? I saw, uh, I saw a good, uh, the best recipe for custard tarts. Yeah, though. I saw you getting just, the camera out. Yeah, so. got a snap of that. So um, get thank all the you. details that you need. Um, the high southern row. I have a three-acre garden Ooh. and have oxalis sourgrass oh. throughout. I oh. guess I have spread it over the years by pulling it up. Anyway, in big areas, I mow it. In more decorative areas, it grows amongst the ground cover plants. Any non-toxic ideas of how I might be able to control it, says Deb in Bridgetown. Okay, so the deal with uh, with that, Deb, is uh, you either appreciate the oxalis and look at how many bees go there in winter because they're after uh, a bit of food. Now, the one that's made of pelagonic acid, which is a uh, the the oil from pelagonians works like a treat on oxalis. The thing is, it only kills the top; it doesn't kill the bulbs at the bottom, but it fairly knocks it back very quickly within three hours. There are two now three products that are made. Uh, so they're natural herb. They're they're weed killers. They're not a herbicide. It's a contact spray. So. I mean, I just let mine go uh, because the flowers attract the bees. But it, so it won't kill them, but it knocks it back and stops it, prevents it from spreading. So anything that's got the pelagonic acid or clove oil will be the trick for you. Or don't try and pull them out because you spread the bulbs everywhere that way. So okay. one or the other. Um, welcome back, Sab. You were missed. Could you please tell me how much I can cut back my hachia once it's finished flowering? It's about six metres tall. Okay. Well, I wouldn't be taking any more than a metre off that hachia. Okay. Excellent. Uh, Sab, I have a garden bed, which is a limestone wall, always sticking hopeful plants in there, but they all <laughs> die except for my rosemary. Is this because the limestone makes the soil more alkaline? Um, which herbs or perennials or succulents will thrive in there? Claire in Stoneville wonders. Okay, so if it's natural limestone, yes, it will make the the surrounding soil to that wall more alkaline. So, but it's unusual in Stoneville that you would have, I know you've got a wall, but um, so any of the Mediterranean herbs will do well in that. So you've got things like parsley, oregano, marjoram, uh, chives, Spring onions will grow in there, uh, even at this time of the year. So in terms of uh, perennials, if you wanted, you've got to go for coastal natives if you want to use that. If you want something ornamental, any of the raphaelepsis or the hawthorns will do really well in that as well. Okay, very good. On our way back to the phones, Jim writes, Hello, a pack of six cans of Portuguese sardines in Azores is €32, which is $49 Australian compared to... $18 $18 in I know. Western Australia. I know. And I actually prefer Fremantle sardines <laughs> and that's what I eat. But I don't know. They must have been a heritage sardines oh, or something. Oh, man. Special edition. Yeah, <laughs> um, Eve is in Bullsbrook. Hello. Um, hello. Good morning. Um, last year, um, uh, December, I find some little spots on fig trees yep. and um, uh, took the leaves to uh, Bunnings and they said, um, I need white oil, and I done my very best to get on top of them. Yeah. And um, uh, the tree fruited beautifully, and um, uh, I kept uh, on with it. Um, but uh, I stopped it probably around April. Right. And now all my tree figs, fig trees are completely covered with scales, oh. and I have no idea what to do with them. Yeah. At the moment, they still have uh, leaves on them. Yes. And I think, you know, the best would be to get on top of them when there are no leaves because then yeah. I can I can do more. So yeah. basically, when can I prune them and how to get 
uh, rid of the scales. Okay. So, Eve, um, now what happens with the scale is when you spray with the oil, you kill the adults. So the babies are underneath that hard little shell. So to break the life cycle, you need to spray them twice within a two-week period. So so you're going to kill the adults and then you kill the, the little ones. But sometimes that hard cover stays on there, but everything underneath is dead. So first of all, with the scale that's left, squish them with your fingers. If you have orange or red comes out, they're still alive. So okay. two sprays, two weeks apart. And it's a great time to do it when all the leaves have fallen off your fig tree because you can get the spray covering the surface area a lot better. In order to get rid of the lumpy, bumpy scale um, that stays on the thing, even after, on your tree after you've sprayed it, you can high-pressure hose. Have you got a high-pressure hose, Eve? Um, nope. Okay, so use your garden hose on full force. So you blow, you you hose it off in between the sprays. So if mm-hmm. the scale is really bad, you may have to do three consecutive oil sprays at two mm-hmm. weekly intervals. And then I'm not sure how big your tree is. but So wait for all the leaves to drop, Eve. Give it a good hard prune. Do your three consecutive sprays and then hose off in between every single spray. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so I can't prune them, prune them right now, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Even if it's got leaves, just strip all the leaves off, Eve. Okay. Okay. Yep. But not, not the branches. Don't the, the prune the branches just yet. Yes, you can. You can. I can. And I you can, can take can. all the all the leaves off as well. You can prune your you can prune your fig tree back hard right now, even though it's still got leaves. Okay, because that's the easiest, you know, to get oh, uh, on top of it definitely. when there are no leaves. Yeah, definitely, Eve. Yep, best time to do uh, it. Yeah, and I've heard they can they can survive in the ground as well or around the ground. Do I have some, to spray the ground? No, you won't need to worry about that. Um, okay. Some some scales, some soft-bodied scales, attach themselves to the root system, but that particular scale doesn't. Okay. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Eve. Good on you, Eve. We're going to head to Serpentine. Hello, Neil. Hi. Good morning. How are you? Yeah. Good, Neil. Um, I've got a bit of a problem, Sabrina, um, not, not that I need to know too many about those, but um, the um, <laughs> front yard, I, <laughs> I bought the property about 20-odd years ago and it had um, um, uh, grass in the front yard and around the house. It does have some extremely tall uh, gum trees, the ones that have the straight trunks that yep. turn green in winter when it rains. Yes. And... The, over over the years, the grass in the front yard has basically vanished somewhere. I'm, I'm oh. not much of a gardener, my wife is. Um, yeah. And it's moss. Ooh. And it's become moss. Right. And the, the other areas in front of our stables and around the side of the house, um, we seem to, it seems to recede as well. We do have black beetle. We've had black beetle in the grass yep. and we've tried to kill it off yep. um, which is, it yep. seems to be really hard to do yep. um, and it is that dirty, it's just dirty, grey sandy, I wouldn't even call it soil. But, okay. So I'm wondering if there's anything we can do. My wife has tried um, uh, fertilising and all those sorts of things but and we water during um, summer with the boar, yep. but nothing seems to um, help to regenerate that, that grass. Okay. All right, so a couple of things. Um, I know you're on sandy soil, but sometimes you can get compaction. So I would yeah. go through in spring with a, um, a, a, a verti mower, and so yeah. moss will grow where there is constant moisture and where you've got compaction. So compaction might be part right. of the, the issue. So yeah. and then we do have a couple of we, we do have a couple of areas there where 
as you say, it looks like it is packed down. Yeah. And um, and, and we had we had discussed doing that. Yeah. So that's that's good. Yep. So I definitely do that. Then get a bit of um, compost, or if it's really sandy, try and get a bit of clay in there. Moss is ev- easily killed by. There's a few. Moss and algae killers, enough to see the most beautiful mosses in the Azores. <laughs> Breaks my heart to tell you how to kill it. But in a lawn, it's not such a good thing. Mm. So that, that the pelagonic acid that I talked about, which is the weed killer, if you spray that on the moss, just sizzles it gone but you've got to get to the root of the problem why the moss is growing and the grass isn't so you need to get a verti mower into that you can always over sow with um, shredded turf and dig that in and see how that goes beautiful thank you sab Uh, on our way to sab's pick of the week let's quickly go to evan who's in belga hey evan hello people hello evan um just quickly can you tell me Firstly, um, what's the proper name for the soursop weed? Oxalis. Oh, is it? Yeah. I've pulled some of that up and I haven't seen the bowl but the, the, the ah. bottom of it. Well, you haven't, you've, you've only pulled the top out and left all the bulbs <laughs> in and it'll come back oh. next It'll come back next year, Evan. Yeah. They seem to be fairly, <laughs> fairly deep roots. But yeah. um, the real problem I'm having, uh, uh, tomato plants at the moment, mm-hmm. are they viable? Only if you've got a hot house. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. Because I've had them, I've had them grow. They're the um, heritage type. Yeah. And they grew taller than me, and I'm six feet. Yeah. And they had a lovely lot of fruit, and now the, the leaves have all gone brown on the yep. tomatoes. So they, that would be normal. Yep, absolutely. They hate winter. And I've been fighting all the pests. The snails have been getting at them, and the millipedes, and they've even got maggots in them. So, oh, oh well, that's God. part of having organics, isn't it? <laughs> it? It is, Evan, and I believe that's you can delightful. eat maggots. Oh, so. stop. <laughs> Not on this program, you can't. <laughs> wow. Well, let's go to Sab's Pick of the Week. Um, Kim, Alan, Tony and Claire who sent texts in. Stay listening to Sab's Pick of the Week, and on the other side we will get to your questions and get answers for you. But at 28 to 10. It is that time again. It is. Sabrina's musical pick of the week. Pick of the week. I know you're going to dig this. Here we go now. You've missed this, haven't you? I have. I have. And I didn't get the opportunity to listen to a lot of music on my my tour. Uh, I was talking a lot. <laughs> you didn't get the chance to listen full stop. <laughs> uh, we didn't have opportunities to dance even oh, to anything. What? I know. First in tour. Portugal? Yeah. Well, where I was in the Azores. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe because we were in nature. Right. Like we, you, you should know. definitely be dancing in yeah, nature. I, I know. I even took a frock. Didn't in, we get to pull it out? What the last night I went all out, put the lippy on <laughs> and the frock. Go promised, girl. Promised the group we'd go dancing. Nah. Nary a tabletop I got on. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you had no injuries while you were away. That's exactly right, Ro. Now I have to thank uh I have to thank Mickey for the song pick because I've been in airports for two days and I wasn't really around it. So, hey, it's very thought um, for your luggage. It's been in airports for three days. <laughs> it, it has actually and I, I was quite thrilled to know that it will come back to Australia. Um, <laughs> and so, so I said, I did say to Mickey, you know, party song because I'm back. Um, so thank you very much. And this is a great song. It's called Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> I did none of that over overseas. Well, I, I can't believe I didn't do any dancing. No, I can't either. 
I feel like, you know, you're not getting old. All right, let's let's see what the people say. Right. It started well. <laughs> I love Daddy Yankee with ah, a smiley face. Good. Sabrina, this song is quite catchy, says the next text, and uh-huh. a little gangster style too. Ooh. The next quest, the next text just says, OMG, where has Sab been on holidays? <laughs> with about 15 question marks. <laughs> that was Michael in Bridgetown. Thank you. Uh, sensational pick, Sab. 9.30 in Scarborough and we're dancing like it's 1am ah, in a club. Ripper. Sandy and, the Reggie, and Reggie Dog, regular texters. They're happy. We like that. Colin, not so happy. No, no, no. My ears oh. are bleeding. Oh, now come on. That's a bit, that's going. That's a bit too far. William's, William's takes, which are fast becoming my favourite. Yes. Except sometimes he tricks me with things that I shouldn't read out loud. But <laughs> this one, pick of the week, Mexicans who've had a triple shot espresso, espresso followed by a Red Bull. <laughs> John says, welcome back, Sab, but you could have left that noise behind. Oh, come, come now. Uh, Fair dinkum, what is this assault on our ears? (laughs) Davin Hillary says, I'm laughing so much I think I'm dehydrated. (laughs) Funniest time I've had at 9.30 on a Saturday for a long time. Uh, What else have we got here? Um, (laughs) Thought this was a gardening show, not a Los Angeles backstreet cruise on a Friday night. (laughs) Give this song a miss. It could be anything on this program. Uh, Puerto Rican reggaeton, the best. Thanks, Sabrina, says Chris in Yokan. Is that the Portuguese version of the Macarena? I give it a five. (laughs) I can see Sabrina shaking on the spot as she's downing a Portuguese tart. Gee, Sab, you're back in Oz now. What the heck was that? Oh, come, come. It's a no for the pick of the week, says someone else. Another good butt workout with Sab's song pick. Loved it. Welcome back, Sab, from Chris in Busso. Oh, pleasure. Uh, Thanks, says Nadia. Um, Australia may need to rethink who they have sanctions against. (laughs) Sabrina, your body clock is clearly out of whack. That belongs at 2am, not now. Oh, well, I was I was, I was, was making my cup of tea at 2am. I should have had it playing. Another text says, my hangover just got worse. Thanks, Sab and Roe. Shouldn't have had a hangover in the first place, should you? exactly right. <laughs> Ginny and Narigen, you're naughty. I'm kind of gross, but we're yes, laughing we're at not, you nonetheless. Yeah, we're not going to read But we're not out. reading that at 9.40 in the morning. Uh, yes, Abby says, Claire, very Eurovision surprise. Sabrina. Oh, it is a bit I Euro. think generally yeah, you've I done well. Ge- I think generally we'll give that a tick. And what, you know, those at home probably don't appreciate is that you kind of did have to delegate that to yeah. Mickey, which we couldn't yeah. completely throw her under the bus because no. she foolishly actually cares. I know. If she upsets the listeners, which you just don't care about during <laughs> Sab's Pick of the Week. But that's why people love this program because <laughs> I just don't care about that and I want to take them to places they They've normally wouldn't go to. So well done, Mickey. <laughs> She's taking a bow. Yeah. Um, Claire and Stoneville, put some chilli down your pants and rock it. <laughs> ouch, 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 ouch. Speaking of chilli, when you, they make beautiful cho- uh, cheeses over there. Yeah. So every time you eat cheese, they give you a little saucer and it's got this chilli paste on it that you put on top of the cheese. Oh. Ah, mm, yum. Oh, divine. <laughs> Oh, yum, yum, yum. All right. Oh, Sam and Jero, he'll probably have a verdict ah. on that. How are you, Sam? Yeah, morning, girls. Morning, um, Sam. Yeah, I, I would rather listen to the sound of my coffee grinder at 5 o'clock in the morning than that absolute oh. rubbish, Sabrina. Sorry. Oh. It's all right. It's all right. It's all right. You break, we'll still answer you your break my question. heart from time to time, Sam, but we still love you, so I, I will still talk to you and answer your question. <laughs> no, no, I... I, I do I actually have a question today? I've got a pomegranate tree, which I've recently been uh, recovering. It was covered in a feral vine. Um, yeah. And because of that, it's got all these gangly off, offshoots everywhere. Yep. And I just want yep. to prune it back down so I can actually get fruit off it. Yep. Um, how much do I prune? And is this a good time of year to do it? Perfect time to prune. And you can actually take two-thirds off a pomegranate tree if you want to, Sam. So what you need to do now is you need to shape it for the future Uh, on how you want that tree to grow. So the best pomegranates are grown on a single stem tree. You need to even up the branches. You need to make sure there's not too much crowding in the centre of the tree. So sort of a a vase-shaped type 
pattern to the to the branches. You can take you know take at least fifty percent off if it's sort of feral and it's got stuff everywhere. So that includes fifty percent off of all branches down at trunk level. So you've got spacing, you've got sunlight that comes through and airflow. Yep, sounds good. I'll get on it this afternoon. All right, Thanks, girls. go make yourself another coffee, Sam, and uh, enjoy. Yeah, and enjoy it. <laughs> uh, Kim sent us a text. Morning, ladies. Can a twenty-year-old, six-foot-tall ponytail palm be transplanted? Yep. If so, how? Yeah, well, now they're heavy because they've got their big bulbous bottom. Right. So uh, they, you can transplant a, a ninety-year-old ponytail mm. palm. So. You don't need to prune it. Now, they don't have a very big root system, but it's dense. Right. So you're going to have to cut through the pr- the, the root system with a reciprocating <laughs> saw. <laughs> haven't used one in three weeks. Sab might come around and do it for you, oh, Kim. I haven't used a reciprocating <laughs> saw in a long time. Um, so it's not a deep root system, but it's dense. So um, now uh, – if you're going to transplant it either into a bigger pot or somewhere else, prep the hole first. Make sure that you do not bury it deeper than what it is now because the the bum, its big bulbous bum, may rot. Okay. Do it now. Beautiful. It's a birthday gift. Um, and can't stay where it is, so Kim's keen to move it. Right. Good luck with that, Kim. Uh, Alan in Hopeton, can I knock the top off an Albany woolly bush three metres tall? How much can I knock off and do I have to take the individual branches off? No, get out the old... Uh, you know, your electric... Oh, I haven't used garden tools in so long I miss it. Uh, now, the woolly bush you cannot prune really hard. If it's three metres tall, don't take off more than a metre. All right. Beautiful. Do it now. Uh, Jay and Jero, I miss Sab's pick of the week, but the comments have certainly piqued my interest. <laughs> it was Daddy Yankee, Gasolina. Do yourself a favour. Um, we've got Tony's <laughs> giving us a few more tips on worm farming. Um, so a handful of lime. So if it that stops it getting, you know, too sloppy. And uh, a handful of garden soil because worms need sand in their gut to... Uh, digest organic matter. Oh, cool. Makes sense because they live in sand. Well, these are comp- – well, composting worms are a bit different to so- – but you're right, you do need soil in there. Yeah. Mm. So Tony has been worm farming with a lot of success for 15 years. So Ripper. he's got credentials for yep. his tips he's giving you. Sure does. Uh, last text before we go back to the calls. What is the best type of wattle to grow in Helena Valley, would you say, Sab, for Claire? <laughs> Not the eastern states ones that become a weed. I would use the either local wattles. So go to your uh, Helena Valley. You've got a beautiful native nursery not far from you in the hills um, and they'll have uh, a really nice selection of wattles because many of the eastern state ones become a terrible weed in all around the hills in Helena Valley. All right. Lovely. Thank you. Uh, There was one other text. Oh, Kim followed up to say that he, she, I don't, Kim has got a reciprocating saw. Ripper. So all set to do what needs to be done. Do you know what we did? Do you know one of my group, of course, West Australian, because we're all crazy, crazy people. (laughs) Um, So we were at this uh, garden, like Mm -hmm. the most, it's called Terra Nostra Gardens, just Unbelievable. And uh, we watched the gardeners. They were putting in new plants. Anyway, they had a hoe that we had never seen before. So it's a big square plated hoe, but it's quite wide. So it's like 12 centimetres wide and about eight centimetres high. But it's on an angle. Right. So we watched them doing this. So uh, Gloria and I said, my God, we, I've never seen hose like that in Australia. She said the same. So I said, we have to try and track one down so we can bring it home to Australia. <laughs> I was joking. Anyway, Gloria found the hose. So she came back. <laughs> she came back uh, when we were staying at the, <laughs> the last island with two hose. I'm starting to understand why your luggage didn't make it home. <laughs> Gloria, what did you do with you're them? A legend. Well, it was in my suitcase. 
<laughs> which, which did add a fair bit of weight to the suitcase. <laughs> I would say so. So um, I'm going to do a, a little Azores reunion Barbie at my place in October, <laughs> and I said to Gloria, "Bring your hoe, and I'll have a handle." Because we had to take go yeah. handless, yeah. no handles on them. There, when hoes. you started, to, I'm thinking, "How the heck?" And then <laughs> my brain did get logical for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> we couldn't bring it on as hand luggage, of course. No, that'd no. be a weapon and a half, <laughs> wouldn't it ever? <laughs> so I'm so excited. I've got an Azorian tool. Uh, and every time Gee. I use that hoe, I'll think of the Azores and Gloria, of course, who managed to track it down. We're well, yin and yang, you and I, when it comes to what excites us, aren't we? <laughs> oh, good stuff. Uh, souvenirs. That's yep. the kind of souvenir that Sab brings Absolutely. home from an overseas trip. Yeah. There's a whole talkback topic there, I reckon. Uh, Lisa is in Coburn. Hello. Hello. Hello, Lisa. Um, I moved into a place about 18 months ago mm. and we discovered that the tree, which is deemed a council tree, yeah. is a Chinese tallow tree. Yes. So I kind of did some research on it and yes. I'm kind of horrified about what it's used for um, and that it's an uh, invasive species in like US and Europe. So yeah. I want council to get rid of it and I have a nice little native um battling out the back to put in. Yeah. But the rumor is that council is going to charge me to remove it, even though it's their tree and it's really, really bad. How can I sort of tell them, well, how can I sort of say, well, this is really bad tree. I don't want it. Okay. <laughs> it's very toxic. <laughs> Get rid of my tree. Well, it's toxic to horses. Um, and unless you own a horse, I wouldn't be too worried about it. And unless horses are going up and down your street... There is there is no way a Chinese tallow tree would ever become a weed in this area because we we have totally the wrong climate for them to thrive. Um, now, uh, the fact that they've put a Chinese tallow tree in Coburn, which has very alkaline soils, is pretty astonishing because they don't do well in those conditions. Oh, this one's doing very well. It is doing very well. Did you yeah, say? It, it was well established. It was well established and I reckon a good, what, four, five metres tall before I moved in. Okay. All right. So uh, now your problem is that uh, all the councils are now trying to get canopy cover on, uh, you know, increased canopy cover. So okay. if, if, if there is a tree that's existing that is healthy and provides canopy, canopy they are not going to remove it your other alternative is to your lovely native tree that you have out the back planted out the front as well what would they deem as canopy cover because i wouldn't class that as having much canopy cover Right. Well, especially at this time of the year because they're dormant. Any canopy cover is better than no canopy cover. Um, so I would suggest that you keep the tree there and you plant your native tree on the front verge as well, as long as it doesn't create a, um, a vision hazard for when people are backing out of their driveway. Mm. So you'll have the yin and the yang. You'll have the Chinese tallow tree and you will have the, um, the native tree. The big problem about going on to Dr. Google and looking up plants, a lot of the information does come from overseas. It's not applicable to WA. Mm. And even the information given on the eastern states is not applicable to WA. People get really het up about plants that are toxic. So they can be toxic to horses, dogs, cats, whatever. If people knew about all the toxic plants, they would not put a single one in the ground. So... You know, it's not Chinese tallow tree if it's doing well. I reckon at this stage in Western Australia, particularly around Perth with urban infill, if you've got a tree, God bless it. <laughs> Good on you, Lisa. Thanks for the call. Um, do you know what this is? Uh, yep, that looks like a um, – that's going to be a yucca or a uh, – it's not a pony. It's, it looks like a yucca. Yep. 
And, I'm just waiting for you to say the word and, so I don't have to try and pronounce it. Oh, with... Dracaena. It's a Dracaena. Okay. And they run in with the trampoline. We're looking at a picture that <laughs> has had its head squashed. That's that's a good basically. way of describing it. Yeah. And Maureen from WU would like to know, will the top spine grow back? Yeah, it will. Or where to from here with her Dracaena? Okay. So the top's been mushed. Um, so pull out any of the rela- remaining mushed leaves. It's a Dracaena. They're pretty unkillable. You could even whack the whole top off if you wanted um, and it'll grow back. No okay. problem. Beautiful. Nothing to stress about there. Hey, Jess, if you're listening at home, we've got a couple of texters who are quite keen for you to post a picture of your mum's new souvenir on her socials ah, when her tr- luggage eventually yeah. makes it back. Yeah, so. yeah, once I get my suitcase, you'll have many a, many a picture of me with my hoe. <laughs> <laughs> um, hi Sabrina, this is on the email as well Perthweekends at your.abc.net.au This year nearly all my pink lady apples have dimples all over mm. them um, Can you please tell me what it is and what I yep. need to do? That's Brian in Wembley Downs Looks So like- it's apple dimpling bug So if you've got an apple and it's got dimples all over it like little, do you know how people have dimples on their cheek? Yes. Which is very cute. Yes. But not so cute not on so an cute apple. On the apple. So, what happens is that it's a little, it's a native bug and it gets into the very early forming flower bud and that's when the damage is done. So, by the time the apple grows, too late. So you have to, you can spray with a pyrethrum spray or uh, a systemic spray. You spray your apple trees when the flower buds have formed. Now you've got to, you may need to spray twice because not all the flower buds come at the same time, but that's when the damage is done and the bug goes in just on top of the calyx, which is the bit that's just on the top of the apple. Um, so once you've got, so it's all about control when your apple trees are flowering. Mm. Okay. Uh, John has sent us a text. He's a local government councillor, not necessarily in um, City of Coburn. In fact, I don't think yep. in the City of Coburn, but just has just sent a text to say, I feel sure that our shire would remove at no expense. Perhaps take your request to public question time. Oh. Oh, okay. Might get you a different outcome. Yep. There you go. There you go. Uh, Adam in Craigie has given us a call. Hey, Adam. Morning, ladies. Thanks for taking my call. Pleasure. Um, I have uh, some blueberries in pots. Yeah. Uh, the, the dwarfs are doing fine, but I did plant some that weren't dwarfs and the root system's gone through the pot yep. and down into the ground. Yeah. Um, and because they've gone into the ground, they're, they're not doing so well because I can't um, regulate the acidity, I would say, yeah, as well, and the yeah, yeah. deep root system. Yeah. So I was wanting to pull it up and try and repot it, but I yeah. know they're pretty sensitive. If I would it would it affect the plant if I cut the base no, root? No, because you've got the it, you've got the rest of the existing root system, Adam. So okay. those the and uh, and the feeder roots are up in the top half anyway. So prune okay. them off with a pair of secateurs. Don't just rip. Yep. I mean, you're going to have to pull them up, but make sure yeah. you give them a good clean cut, take them yeah. out of the pot and repot them, and best time yeah. is to do it now. And I do have some that are starting to flower, though. That's Is that still fine to do at that time to repot when mm. they're flowering? Well, yeah, they're going to be under stress anyway, so I'd still do yeah, it. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. Thank you very much. No worries, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Similar question, Helen and Corrine. Uh, my Mona lavender are still flowering. Okay to prune? Yep, definitely. If so, how much? Yep, take off well, at least a third. You can take 50% off those plants. Little Plectranthus, Mona lavender, it's called. Uh, Cheryl has sent us an email. I have a feeling Cheryl might have got an answer. She wasn't entirely satisfied with your in your absence, so she's coming back for another go oh, okay. for you to have a look at this yep. one. So um, last season Cheryl's hibiscus were yellow and mm. one orange. This season the yellow ones turned orange and the orange ones turned red. Ah. Do you know why that would happen? Oh, they're all they're all playing. Let's let my pollen play with your pollen. <laughs> that's what they're doing. So um, that's what happens with hibiscus. Okay. Uh, anyway, you never know. The next next year it might be the other way around. 
The only way you could control that is move your hibiscus, separate them so they're not within bee flight. Yep, that mm. makes sense. Uh, Helen is in Geraldton. Hello. Oh, um, I didn't realise I'd get on. So oh. Thank you for taking my call. <laughs> yeah, okay. and, and well, welcome back, ah, Sabrina. Thank you, Helen. <laughs> um, Sabrina, I rang um, you about six weeks ago. Got a transplanted olive tree, mm-hmm. and um, you said it had looked like it was, you know, rotting or whatever. Yeah. So we we injected it with some the phosphonic acid. Yeah. And. Um, about six weeks ago, but I walked outside this morning and it looks like it's weeping from that area. It's brown, brown weeping. Yep, that's all right. That's fairly normal, Helen. Is that the injection point where you put the... Yes. Yeah, yeah. That's all right. That's pretty normal. I wouldn't worry too much about that. I don't need to block up the hole? No, definitely don't block up the hole. The tree will manage to do that itself. Right. Okay, then. Thank you. I tried to send photos, but it just oh, didn't work. No, that's I'll, all right, I'll, Helen. I know. I know what's happened. It's that's quite normal once you do an injection. All oh, right. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. That's very good news. <laughs> no worries, Helen. Thank you, Helen. Uh, hi, my name is Caroline from Como. We have a place down near Bridgetown. How do we get rid of periwinkle creeper? Oh, that's a mongrel thing. <laughs> okay, so glyphosate doesn't touch it. Really, the best way is just to keep slashing it. So get out with the whippersnipper and slash it as soon as it rears its ugly little head. If you uh, have a uh, – there's an agricultural herbicide, but it'll wipe out everything it touches. So slashing. Liz would like to know when she should prune her maria to make it have a growth spurt. Uh, Now they're going to flower. Well, prune it now. Prune it now. So spring it'll go, ta-da. Actually, what are we in? We're in July. We're in winter. June. We're we're still in June. Um, No, wait until the end of July and then prune it. Okay. Uh, Is it okay to plant liquid amber in the hills? Yeah, absolutely. It's okay. a big tree. It's in Parkerville. Yep. yep. All right. That'll probably do us for do your first week all... back. Yay! You don't have to get every second of every minute out no. of you. <laughs> <laughs> jet lag. And... Uh, 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 I'm not jet, jet lagged at all. No. I'm so excited to be home. I'm soon. I'll have my garden hoe. Oh. What a week it's going to be for you when you're reunited. I know. I'm so excited. <laughs> Thank you as always, Sabrina Hart. Thank you to all of you at home uh, listening in. Thanks to Mickey Cusack, the Dead Set legend she is, and enjoy your Saturday. It's now 10 o'clock. You've been listening to an ABC podcast. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.